So back then, if you would ask me, what does it even mean to lean to your feminine or what does it mean to be connected to your body? I I wouldn't even know how to do that. Even in that time frame, in those circles in New York City on Wall Street, it sounds like it was even in the sexual way leading in your, your masculine, right? Totally masculine, totally from the mind, from the doing perspective. What am I going to do next? Nothing about being, everything about doing rather than feeling or allowing. Hello, hello there, love. Welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha. And if this is your first time joining, I wanted to give you a very warm welcome. This is your destination. This is your oasis to be all things just a little bit more brave in your relationships, in your actions, and in your life. And today we've got such a juicy episode. Today, we are going to talk about all things orgasms and how it relates to transformation sex in your relationships. And I am joined by the queen herself, Bibi Broska. And Bibi is a sex and love relationship coach. She's a former corporate executive who experienced a breakthrough when she left her 15-year corporate career in pursuit of pleasure and self-exploration. She since has shared energetic lovemaking with thousands of people across the world, sparking frank conversations in the places where you least expect it. Bibi always sought success and freedom and was on the path to achieving it through her corporate career. However, she grew increasingly unhappy and felt that her life was unfulfilling. At her lowest point, she decided to take a leap and start exploring her inner self through self-pleasure, meditation, and plant medicine, Bibi discovered her feminine energy and the power of the orgasm. She realized that orgasmic states can be used to amplify self-realization and growth and was inspired to share her journey with other women. Now, you are going to get so much out of this episode. I cannot wait for you to dive in with me. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode this week with Bibi talking all about love, sex, relationships, and orgasms. Bibi, mm-hmm. it is so great to see you, love. Mm. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm equally excited to see you and have this juicy, beautiful conversation. (laughs) I know. I feel like I've been waiting for this for months and months and months. I feel like ever since we got connected and then we got reconnected and then we saw each other live in person, I feel like you make, I feel like sexual development and exploration and tuning into more of the feminine side of things within ourselves and within relationships, I feel like you make it so easy. So can you please share what has been your journey to where you are today and how did this kind of like unfold? Was it a rupture? Was it you in your former life? Mm-hmm. Who are you, I guess, in your yeah. former life that has led you to this unraveling of yourself in this way that so many people are like, I need BB in my life, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> I thank you for that. Anita, yeah. I actually think, you know, you we kind of like each other and we have that instant spark because I think we share 
a lot of common threads in our evolution, in our story. And you're a doctor. I was actually a corporate bitch <laughs> for 15 years, right? I know you, your story, you mentioned a lot of hardships when growing up. And although I wouldn't compare myself here at all, but I did grow up in communism, uh, where there was a lot of scarcity mindset. Yes, I grew up in Poland. I'm 100% Polish. And, you know, my parents would mainly focus on how to save and how to survive, not really how to evolve and how to thrive. Right. Mm -hmm. So my mission was to really take a path that will allow me the freedom that they didn't have. Financial freedom, freedom of traveling around the world. And again, all these things that they didn't have when they were younger. And it all looked very shiny. And I graduated. I actually have three masters. <laughs> three masters and finance and banking, international marketing and free, a really very respectful universities in Europe. Because that seemed like a great idea at a time. It wasn't really a passion, but it was a decision made from my masculine logical side. And it was all very well planned. And I had a two-year plan and a five-year plan. And and it all kind of, you know, went really, really well. I graduated, I got scholarships, and then I joined uh, a really phenomenal kind of graduate trainee program for a big corporation, international corporation, where I was started to travel the world. You know, I started in Switzerland and went to Sydney, Australia, New York, Mexico City, Sao Paulo, got all the expat packages and all the shiny life and all the things and great bonuses. And, you know, mainly throughout those 15 years. I spent 15 years in that golden cage. Wow. This kind of, you know, an idea, okay, freedom, pleasure. I think it was mostly focused on pleasure because the job itself was never really fulfilling. Um, mm-hmm. It was never really making my heart sing. So then I would have to look for all those things, pleasure outside, right? Is it shopping, traveling, casual sex to, to feel that glimpses of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And it worked for a while, but then, you know, towards the end of those 15 years, it, it stopped working as simple as that. And, you know, it, it was interesting because I was even in a moment when I was in Brazil and I was on private jets, fly, flying on private islands. And I, you know, ticked all the boxes, got my Rolex and all the things. And then one day I was just like, I'm the most unhappy I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And what an honor, what a pleasure to actually take a shortcut and not yeah. spend all my life you know, chasing that rainbow to only find out when I'm retired that that wasn't it, right? All the way along. I want to stop you there for a second because I feel like, you know, for so many people that are kind of navigating their place, you know, Mm -hmm. they got the Rolexes, they're (laughs) doing the thing. And what I kind of want to just reshare in what you just shared is you know, you tried to find pleasure outside of Mm. the rat race of what you were in as a corporate bitch, which I totally (laughs) love (laughs) because I was not a corporate bitch, but I was a conventional bitch. That's what I was. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, living in my masculine for sure, Mm -hmm. 
Yep. But not integrated. Like I felt like I had to think like a man, even act like a man, you know, sound like a man. And I just recently watched that. There's that documentary. It's on Hulu. Maybe it's not a documentary. It's a series. Mm-hmm. But Amanda Seyfried, she was the woman who... She played the role of the lady who got big in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. of like her blood company. I'm losing the name of that show. Anyways, but maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. But she acted like Steve Jobs. She even wore like turtlenecks. She like <laughs> lowered her voice. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it, you're like, oh my gosh, that's because there were no expanders mm-hmm. of women living out their femininity and their flow in this poor girl, you know, she wanted the best and she had the best insight for her, you know, for what she wanted to do. I think she wanted to solve the problem of like taking blood with like one drop Mm -hmm. and things got out of hand. But what if she just leaned into her feminine? I mean, for me, it it took, you know, doing things like going to Burning Man, having a rupture in my marriage and doing your ayahuasca free day journey. Doing my ayah for three days. That was like, oh yeah, Yeah. like the liberation and the pleasure in that. But when we're little, I mean, talk to me about this because you grew up in communist Poland Mm -hmm. where I feel like sexual oppression had to have been there, right? You know, the reason it has been there is because it's, you know, very Catholic country, right? right? So again, it was never a part of education. It was never a part of a conversation with parents or anyone really, right? And, you know, I was lucky in a sense that actually my parents were atheists and they were quite free. And I remember my mom being topless since I was very young. So I maybe didn't get any... Uh, education or information that was useful or informative, but I also didn't really get that, you know, hide or never, you know, expose your body. My, my parents were pretty free in that sense. So I'm very thankful for that. But my first education around sexuality was from pornography and I, you know, I hope my parents don't mind, but I shared it a lot. <laughs> when I was, I think, 13 years old, I snooped through my parents' stuff because I was curious. And, I, and back then, do you remember VHS? Oh, we yes. Yeah. So they had one VHS, you know, by, by today, they're married for 40 years. So they had one VHS and I was curious and I looked at it, right? So that was really the first image of sexuality that I've seen. And when and I lost virginity and I of age of 16, this was exactly what I was replicating, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's my, my, my education came from, but yeah. <laughs> and, you wow. know, I want to come back to the point that you talked about the masculine because all those years and, you know, part of my career I spent in New York and mm-hmm. I didn't even know, I didn't even know what feminine masculine is, to be honest with you. And if you would ask me how to lean in my feminine, I had absolutely no idea. It's such a masculine energy city where everyone is on the go, everyone is like driven, action, goal-oriented. You know, I was in my suit going to a big trading floors on Wall Street with 700 men trading stocks, you know, and and I was picking up guys in the club. I was like the masculine hunter and I was having a performative pleasure sex and jumping around and putting on a show and faking hell a lot of orgasms. And I think, you know, taking pleasure from basically hunting and just validating myself for that and you know there was of course there were there was drinking there was drugs you know all these things that are really common in new york and especially on wall street actually because that intensity and stress is then you know 
offloaded with the use of all kinds of substances, right? To yeah. mitigate that. But then there was also a lot of, you know, casual sex because I always say, you know, kind of a weekend on Wall Street looked like, hey, you know, let's go out, let's get drunk, let's get late. And there wasn't really like, you know, intimate eye gazing or asking what is your desires or boundaries, you know, then there was none of that. Right. So back then, if you would ask me, what does it even mean to lean to your feminine or what does it mean to be connected to your body? I wouldn't even know how to do that. Because and, you know, even in that time frame, you leading with your body and in those circles in New York City on Wall Street, it sounds like it was even in the sexual way leading in your, your masculine, right? Totally masculine, totally mm. from the mind, from mm. the doing perspective. What am I um, going to do next? You know, not how... Nothing about being, everything about doing mm. rather than feeling or mm. allowing. And mm. it was much more kind of hunting, chasing, pushing instead of, you know, inviting or opening up to anything. Oh, so I like, I love that you said opening up and, and mm. inviting whatever mm. is coming in instead yeah. of like charging at it. Exactly. And, and I and share I, the story a lot, but I also know it is actually important because so, so, so many women come to me because they resonate with that story. Mm-hmm. You know, so many women in a corporate roles, running their businesses and being so much in that masculine. And yeah, so I know that story resonates with many. <laughs> oh, so, okay. When do you ship then in your mm-hmm. story from like the corporate bitch <laughs> into, I mean, from what everyone, you know, says that you are, and I've experienced you in action as well mm. on teaching people to have amazing orgasms and even just like coming into their feminine. When mm. was that shift for you? Yeah. Or what was that kind of breaking point where then yeah. things needed to shift completely? Yeah, the the breakthrough was the breakdown, as it usually is, right? Yeah, yeah. we all have <laughs> that. We all have that, right? <laughs> we and all again, have that fall. <laughs> exactly something I know. You know, we share in common, and yeah, like all all of those those distractions stopped working, basically. And I was 15 years in into the golden cage, and I was in a place I didn't like. Some Paolo did not resonate with me at all, and there was just like nothing I liked, and I lost mojo. I lost my mojo. Uh, nothing was exciting to me. I felt stuck. I felt scared. And I was also so negative, complaining and just, you know, in very low frequency emotions. And I even got tired of myself. And one day it was just to a, such a low point that I was like, you know what? I'm done with being with myself. I don't like my own company. Fuck it. Let's change it. And, you know, literally I picked up a phone, went to a therapist. From there I went... You know, once you open up to things, they start to come your way, right? Someone gifted me the power of now. Someone said, why don't you join a meditation course? Then, oh, it was, you know, 2012. Why don't you come to an ayahuasca ceremony? And like then it started snowballing. And I started this beautiful journey of self-exploration. But, you know, I just want to say it was freaking scary. So if you are guys in a similar moment that you kind of know you want to take this leap and jump, it's not easy. And I was really, really scared. But kind of where I was, you know, the pain of risking was still less than the pain of staying where I was. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take a leap. And just to make short, you know, long story short, so we have some 
time for, for juicy tips, etc. Yeah. On that journey of self-exploration, I finally started to get out of my mind and connect to my body, right? Was it Vipassana? Was it, you know, different courses? And I love to learn. And I kind of got my mojo back and did all kind of courses, workshops. You know, I went to India to Osho Ashram, all kind of things, right? And along the way, I ended up on a workshop where I kind of had a full body orgasm, energy orgasm. Different people will call this phenomenon differently. Some will say it was a serpent arousal, Kundalini awakening, but you know, something went up. I experienced bliss. I connected to the higher realms and kind of, you know, my expanded. And once you mm-hmm. kind of expand, you don't contract anymore. So true. Yeah, right. And this was such a powerful experience that my first question was, why is no one teaching us that? And what's also beautiful that I engaged with a gentleman who was on that workshop. We both had that energy awaken and we kind of spent a night together in our clothes. But because both of us, the energy was activated, we had five hours of full body orgasms, one after the other, not even again in our clothes. Yes. Fully and, clothed, full body yeah, orgasm. Yeah. For five and, hours. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we were equally surprised as you are right now. Like what is happening? You know, so we kind of started dating and exploring intuitively. Then sadly, in other parts of our life, we were not a match. So when we took our paths apart, I was like, I want to continue to experience that. Right. So mm. that's when I really started diving into it. And exploring with myself, right? Ah, and when I first gave myself a full body orgasm without even really touching myself, and then I just couldn't stop talking about it because like you, when you experience something that is so transformational, it has such an impact on you, what do you want to do next? You want to share it with as many people as you can. So mm-hmm. I would have those conversations about this full body orgasm everywhere with everyone and people were listening. People were curious. People wanted to know more. And then people started even coming back saying that after just our conversation, something shifted and they felt the energy moving. And that is how it all started. And then I started exploring more. People started to ask for more. And I just was there to receive this call. So I finally started to even in planning my life, I stopped from that masculine, linear Two-year, five-year, seven-year goal, objective steps, pam, pam, pam. I uh, never planned to be a sex love relationship coach. And <laughs> it was just, I was just following, flowing, following what people wanted from me. And, yeah. and it kind of, you know, organically started to happen. And I allowed it. Instead of pushing and chasing, I started allowing so you're on this path and you're now like allowing and you're embracing and you're having full body orgasms by <laughs> yourself. I mean, are you able to experience that clothed or are you also, you know, having your own exploration in that way yeah. on every both. level? Okay. It's absolutely both. Once the energy is activated, it's up. You can command energy and you can play with energy and becomes easier like playing an instrument, you know, when you kind of know how to tune into that frequency you can start easily, you know, playing with that. Of course, if you add physical genital stimulation, you add another layer to that. But it's really possible in both ways. 
And yeah. Well, because I mean, you've been brought on so many amazing stages, of course, and Mm -hmm. teaching these types of workshops all Mm -hmm. over the world. So tell us the question that we are all thinking of, how can we have more powerful, deeper orgasms Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. cause for deep transformation? Yeah. So, you know, you will be surprised but the first tip is stop focusing on the orgasm. <laughs> oh, ah, so we, we shouldn't be focused on the end result. I tell you, because this is sadly something we really, you know, even the way we make love is very masculine, right? Because if we learn from pornography, which is done by men for men mainly, there is a female erotica, but it's still a minority, so right? Small. So it's still this very action, friction, goal-oriented way of looking at lovemaking. And what happens is that if you're just focusing on the end goal, if you're focusing on an orgasm, it is slightly ahead of you. It is not in the very moment, right? It's you're like not... you're chasing the carrot on the stick and you're kind right. of like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hold off until <laughs> I'm gonna... somebody yeah. finishes. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of chasing that one point in time. And that's climatic few seconds experience, right? And we kind of call it peak orgasms, but there are different expressions of orgasms. So what I'm like to invite my clients to do is mm-hmm. to have a self-pleasure practice or have a lovemaking session with your partner of an hour, let's say, and say, Hey, let's not go to the climax. Mm. let's play in the other rounds and that is the first step to allow you to see once you actually stop chasing that thing you're going to be so much more in the moment so much more present with moments to moment sensations so Mm. much more in the in the present moment so much less pressure less pressure to perform less pressure to get to somewhere and just enjoying and I, i know it sounds cliche but it really applies to everything in life, is it business, your personal life or lovemaking, really enjoying the journey instead of focusing on the few seconds of the destination. And just this alone will, will shift things. This is a lot of really juicy info. And <laughs> I also want to, you know, honor the, it seems like the elephant in the room. It would have to take conversation between mm-hmm. two people Absolutely. in order to. So, how do you guide people who either may be, you know, they're kind of like wanting to have this conversation with mm-hmm. their partner? How do you even bring that up? Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. like sharing this podcast episode with them. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I actually, it, it's not easy. And I actually teach in my courses and exact steps how to have those conversations. And I would start with being vulnerable and saying, hey, I'm really uncomfortable mm. bringing up this topic. It really is slightly out of my comfort zone and brings some, you know, certain nervousness. But I want to open up that conversation. I think it's important for us to talk about that. Mm. So once you kind of, you know, from the get-go, you're not accusing, pointing fingers, you know, projecting, judging. You're saying, hey, this is also not easy for me, but I'm open to do that because I find it really, really important, right? So Mm -hmm. that's how I would open the conversation. I like to have, I call it third-party delivered a message, right? Mm -hmm. So... 
you kind of not suggesting that now you know more than a partner and maybe putting them in an uncomfortable position, but you can say, hey, I came across this podcast or I read in that amazing book or I was on a workshop and there was a conversation about that and I would love to explore that with you. And uh, would you be open for that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Right? This is it. I mean, this is so good because I think so many times we're afraid, especially if it's like a new relationship or maybe you've Mm. just been in it for a very long time that you may have lost the spark or the mojo as you've shared where you're kind of like, ooh, I don't even know how to bring this up. But just coming Mm -hmm. from that place of vulnerability of like, I'd love to experience that with you. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. I also like to say you can, you know, if if the other person is really skeptical, you can also make them aware what's in it for them, right? So I'm going to go like straight into an example. But okay, I've heard that men can also have a full body orgasm and that there is a beautiful way of worshipping the lingam which is the name for the penis in Sanskrit. And I realized I actually have no way how to do this. I would love to learn more. So I can also bring different flavors of, you know, stimulation, pleasure to you. So I think there is, you know, for both of us, so many new territories, so much more depth to pleasure that is awaiting. I'd love to explore that with you. And you can also say, why do you want to explore that with this person? So, of course, be authentic. Don't invent because then it's not going to land. But you can say, hey, you are the most important relationship in my life, right? We've been married for 15 years. Like, if not with you, then with who? Or with someone new, you know, I'm feeling really safe. For the first time, I'm feeling really safe and connected with someone so I can even bring that up, right? That usually works well as well. Oh, this is so good. And well, and I kind of just want to like the overarching theme though, because Mm -hmm. when I first started exploring my sexuality, I mean, this was after my divorce and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very tumultuous, traumatic. I had a lot of healing to do yet. I wanted to, because I was on this path of like personal growth, mm-hmm. yet nobody talks about sexual growth, you know, personal development, so different than like sexual development as well. And I feel like there's only a few folks who are in that container, including yourself that are like icons in this work, bringing this out to normalize that yeah, sex is a little bit more than just orgasm. And there's so much energy involved yet to be open to even conversations like you just shared of being vulnerable. That's the intimacy, not just like actual sex, Mm -hmm. but then also why do you think it's so important for us to kind of get into and develop our own sexuality? I know for yeah. me, that was like something because I never grew up with that coming mm-hmm. from like Asian cultures and even, you know, Kama yeah. Sutra is like the backyard of Indian <laughs> culture, yet being ruled by the British for 300 yeah. years and and no yeah. one wants to really talk about that. But no, and You know, so- I'm going to come back to what you said. I actually think that personal growth and exploring your sexuality are so tied together and often you know sexuality is a mirror of everything else in our life right and really if you look some of the ancient belief systems like uh tantra this sexual energy was used for self-realization for 
expansions, for evolving, for connecting to the divine, for reaching higher states of consciousness. So to me, actually, you know, conscious or sacred sexuality is a beautiful path for growth, for self-exploration, for self-realization. And this sexual energy, the turn or the pleasure, the arousal can really be like that fuel that actually amplifies your journey, right? And, you know, meditating, it is that there was a lot of research, especially for us people in the Western world, it can take 10, 20 years to really, you know, get to kind of states of awareness where we're really in peace, et cetera, et cetera, while orgasmic states. And again, I never like to use the word shortcut, but I like to use the way highway. For me, the orgasmic states are kind of a highway to that. And we can use that sexual energy to amplify that expansion. And that's what it really is. The idea is that we're not just going to use it for instant gratification and pleasure and procreation, but we're going to use it for all these other things like healing, like mm-hmm. reaching higher states of consciousness, like self-love. Oh my God. I hear this all the time in my courses. Women say, oh my God, we joined this course because we thought it's going to be about orgasm, but this is so much about self-love, right? Mm -hmm. So there is so many layers, so much depth to that exploration. So it is absolutely for me, you know, connected and intertwined with personal growth. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. I feel like it has taken, and I think for those who are brave to acknowledge and share what they don't know about their sexuality or maybe what they've been ashamed about in their mm-hmm. sexuality to then bring it into the foray. Because as you were saying, if most women in your courses are saying this is about self-love, mm-hmm. then what are we getting taught in society where sex is like about the other where we're not able to reclaim power in the bedroom or even voice our desires because God forbid we want to rock the boat of like what we need because many times we don't even know what we want. We don't even know what we need. Uh (laughs) I get this all the time, all the time. I have, you know, especially because my number one focus is working with women. They all say, you know, like I'm asked by my husband, what would you like? And I have no idea. I never explore. I don't understand. I don't even know where my G-spot is, right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, so because I know one of the things that you talk about is being okay with self-pleasure and you just even shared, you know, the access to self-pleasure. So, Mm. I mean, I was born and raised, you know, Hindu on my dad's side, Catholic on my mom's side. Mm. I mean, you know, sex was terrible and all of the things that's what I was taught growing up. And then of course we had so much trauma. So that was like the last thing that was in my mind Mm. when I was in my teen years. Yet that was like a different container altogether for me. Mm. And then let alone, you know, self-pleasure, you know, that is foreign to so many women. Mm, The shame, the the discussions around it. I mean, just today I had a call with so many women and they were sharing exactly the same. And in the Middle East, you know, with the different religious beliefs, I have a lot of clients from there. Is it, again, conservative parents? Is it just even also insecurities around our body, right? There's so many reasons. So for me, the way we self-pleasure is really, first of all, how we love ourselves, how we honor our body. 
how we give ourselves this loving, healing touch. And then it also sets a tone how we make love with our partners. So I want to move away from what I call low vibration masturbation and really place, make it in a ritual. So it's also going to set a tone for lovemaking with a partner. And I want to move away from the low vibration masturbation where we really just want to get off and there's no intention, there's no awareness, we go fast, we're not really in the body, we're just in the mind and just bring some element of intentionality to that. Sacredness, slowness, love, care, healing, right? So it's really up to us. And if we can bring all these elements to our self-pleasure practice, then that's how we can also influence the way we make love with our partners, right? So I often like to say that especially as for us women, we might be complaining that our partners are one pump chump, right? There's this, (laughs) I love that saying, one pump chump. (laughs) But really, I want everyone who is listening to this to ask themselves, how do you self-pleasure? Because if it's just a free minute of intense rubbing, release and bite, then you are really a one-time champ for yourself. So how can we be complaining about our partners if this is also what we actually gift ourselves, right? So I'm going to invite everyone to just tune in. Give yourself at least an hour Explore again, forget about reaching an orgasm and focus on moment to moment sensations. Start really with your entire body instead of going straight to the genitals. Bring awareness to your touch. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Bring all those tools that you learn from your meditation classes, from your yoga classes. Start breathing. Start making a sound. <sighs> Again, slowing down and just feeling into those more subtle sensations so you can start exploring. And I would love everyone to start really bringing more awareness to different levels of arousal. There is not just nothing in an orgasm. There is so much juiciness, so much depth in between, right? So what does this lower level of arousal bring? Where does that feel in the body? What is the quality of that sexual energy there? Where am I feeling it? How can I enjoy that without a need to rush for more? And then how does that medium level of arousal feel? What sensations accompany that? What shifts does it cause in me? Can I stay here, fully enjoy it for what it is without again a need for more? And then what is the higher level of arousal without still going after an orgasm? Do you see that? So they're really enjoying. I'm even every- inching myself in my seat and I'm like standing up higher. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. I can go higher. <laughs> so it's like a dance. It's a dance, a dance with your, you know, dance. I like to say making love to your own breath, allowing and discovering and experimenting. Rather than chasing always the same outcome, doing the same way of stimulation, touch yourself differently. Try something new. And some of it will land and some of it will not. And it's like, hey, that didn't feel that good. But actually, you know, that breast massage is more delicious than I thought. Mm -hmm. So changing things up Mm -hmm. and slowing down and just observing and treating an orgasm as a 
you know, byproduct, byproduct of relaxing into the pleasure, byproduct of being present, byproduct of just allowing our body to do its job because it actually knows what to do. We don't have to push it, rush it and pressure it. Right. So that's mm. such a, you know, to me, a beautiful way to really also tuning more into your body than just rather in the mind. So bring the tools you know, right? You probably had a lot of guests around breath work, meditation, bringing all that. Welcome on that. Combine it with sex. Oh, this is so, so juicy and so <laughs> delicious in so many ways. How do we then incorporate our self-pleasure and now mm -hmm. shift it into partnership or yeah. with couples, with husband, yeah. maybe you're... Yeah you know, spouse, partner, somebody that you want to mm -hmm. have this exchange with as you're building up your own self-development, you kind yes. of want to take them along the ride too. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's so funny because so often, and even today on that call that I mentioned, and it just happens over and over again, I have women saying, oh my God, Bibi, my husband says, hi, he loves you. <laughs> Because I'm sure all of them love once, you. <laughs> once, actually, you know, and it works both ways, right? But because we are a little bit more shy and suppressed when it comes to female sexuality. And I work with so many women. I see it more as a comment coming from women. But once we actually explored our body, once we found that G-spot, once we touched that cervix, once we learn what does the breath and sound and movement do to our body? What is that we like? What is that we don't like? How we want to, you know, navigate the whole foreplay? Then we can start creating our own reality with ourselves and with a partner. And we can communicate. We can ask for that. For example, one of the things that I really love is creating a safe space and partners doing an act of conscious self-pleasure in front of each other mm. so sometimes even without saying and explaining you witness each other in that right how beautiful is that and again creating safe space before so this is one of the things that i love to do at the early stages of couples work but again when we unleash some of the types of the orgasms with ourselves then it will be easier to bring it to the partner but really What's powerful around it is the, the same principles as with, you know, self-pleasure. Go for lovemaking, right? Slowing down, having an intention. Starting with what are you up for today? You know, maybe depending on your cycle today, you just, you know, PMSing and want more of a slower sensual healing touch or you're ovulating and you want a more spanking and biting and you're more in your primal, uh, you know, fiery expression of yourself so even sharing that and then enjoying the foreplay i would love the foreplay to be you know half an hour or more okay half an hour or more yeah oh, wow. okay yes because okay. i talk about it a lot for us women to be become fully aroused to have our own erection because we have so much of that erectile tissue it's just that it's on the inside, so we don't see it, but to become fully aroused, and actually G-spot is also an erectile tissue, we really need to be engorged. We really need to be excited. And it takes time, especially for us, right? So taking time, but the foreplay itself can be already so juicy, involving the whole body, uh, breathing, sounding, moving, slowing down, exploring different type of 
touch and different dynamics and a bit of a dom and a bit of a sub and, you know, again, being playful. And without that idea that we have to jump to a penetration, sometimes there might be not even a penetration and you're going to have five orgasms, okay? Sometimes there might be breast orgasms or heart orgasms. Sometimes you're going to give your partner amazing testicle massage and, you know, I've done it myself and I witnessed men having full body orgasms just from the testicle massage, right? Wow. what I also like to do, especially at the beginning, is to clearly define a giver and a receiver role, especially if we are exploring new things. So one can really relax, receive and be present with sensations, start breathing, start sounding and receive and then switching roles, but make it clear. I found it very helpful, especially at the beginning. Oh my and- gosh. Okay. So like I'm taking so many notes, but like <laughs> I think everyone is just like in awe because I know you do these workshops. I know you have programs. Mm-hmm. Is there a course for the couples? Is there a workshop? Do you like, do you, do you yes. assist live? Because I know yeah. that so many people you know want to come and see yeah. this. What I love about online courses, and I do offer ecstatic lovers course for couples, is that for some people who it might be really, really sounds scary, you are in the comfort of your own bedroom. You know, sadly, with all those in workshops, retreats, and there is, you know, cases of abuse or things like that, we don't deal with that with online course. And what I also do, I go to bed with you guys without physically being there. <laughs> because I have all kind of videos with guided massages and I have all kind of beautiful guided audios where I literally guide you through lovemaking and I am there without physically being there. So you can really let go and you can really explore so much deeper. And I will be honest with you, okay? It's not just about the orgasms because if I'm just going to teach you, Nita, how to, you know, massage a penis, but you are not feeling safe with a partner or there is a resentment you don't know how to express or you're not holding onto your boundaries, then it's really empty, then it's shallow. So I actually do a lot of different work from, you know, forgiveness ritual, moving energy, emotional releases, communication, intimacy, sensuality. So it's like a whole journey and all this together then allows you to really surrender. And especially for us women, this is the number one key for this truly orgasmic experiences, the state of complete relaxation and surrender. Wow. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. So all this come together in place. So yeah. So <laughs> then you'll share how we can get access mm-hmm. to this erotic lovers, yeah. right? Erotic yeah. lovers. Ecstatic lovers. Ecstatic lovers. So I actually invite people to do a few things. On my Instagram and my website, you can see a free practice, complimentary guided practice. It's an intimacy practice. It's called Soul Connector. Okay. Download that, guys. So you get a feel of what it is. This one is again on intimacy, not sexuality, but what a beautiful thing on a new date with an old partner. It works for, you know, same gender, gender non-conforming, everyone beautiful practice okay then i will on your instagram okay Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. soul connector then i am actually uh, offering a free master class that i'm going to start promoting around uh, valentine's day and then my live round of ecstatic lovers course opens up at the beginning of march so just in time (laughs) just in time it's a 12-week journey which i also love about online courses because really 
research shows that to see a change in the brain, you need at least 40 days, right? So I like retreats and I go on many, but I, so many people, so many couples struggle with the same. And I'm sure you resonate, you know, there's kids, there's business. How do we carve time for intimacy? And if I have you there for 12 weeks and you have to carve time in your everyday life, not just on vacation, holidays and a getaway, which those are powerful, but you don't want to be dependent on those. You want to bring that to your everyday life, right? So then we kind of are able to create that habit of prioritizing your romantic relationship, your your connection. This is so, so juicy. I'm going to link everything. Can you spell your IG handle? (laughs) (laughs) You know I know it's, no, it's actually, I'm Polish. So my surname is, you know, it's so complicated. Again, I had to be creative with my nickname. So it's Planet BB. Yes, I am on my own planet, guys. And I invite (laughs) everyone to get there with me. It's a lot of fun. It's very orgasmic. Planet B-I-B-I. It's actually my nickname again to, you know, go around around the complicated Polish name. Perfect. But I love your Polish name so much. (laughs) And And if there's any women who are like, okay, but I don't have a partner, ladies, I do have a course called Ladder to Bliss which is a journey for women only. And I run it three times a year. So there's free erotic glow activation for you as well to download. So visit, explore. Everything is very clear. And Planet uh, BB. Mm-hmm. Planet BB. Planet BB. I love it. Well, yeah. my question for you, my one question, mm. what does it mean to be brave in this season? Yeah. What does it mean to be brave? For me, it means following your intuition speaking your truth and really being committed to what you believe and especially even though and especially if it is actually not accepted by the status quo and owning your uniqueness owning your individuality owning your different point of view in a gentle kind loving way and i know with the you know the cancel culture with censorship with you know so much division and hatred that we are observing in the society it's all black and white there's like almost nothing in the middle just trusting that if it's really a life for you, it's really resonates with you, follow that and continue on this journey. And, you know, this has also been my journey, right? I get censored. I get criticized, although probably even less than people think. But, you know, some of the things that I'm sharing are not status quo or not or, or taboo. But I so, so, so believe in this, that I am following this path. And if people resonate with that, and this is how we, I don't know, opinion makers, change leaders, trendsetters, we never going to be accepted by the majority. We're always going to be a little bit of a step ahead. So if you are facing that, trusting, following and committing to your mission, your vision, and and yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) Planet BB. (laughs) This was such a pleasure. (laughs) Bibi, this is so amazing. Thank you for joining us on the Brave Table Love. Thank you. My pleasure. And, you know, I am so up for co-creating with amazing women. Uh, There's 
change needed and we can only bring the change when we unite, when we support each other, when we collaborate and just such a pleasure to be a part of your journey and vice versa. So yeah, so good. Hello there, loves. Welcome back to the other side. Woo! Wow, are you heated or what after this episode? I am so, so excited for you all to explore BB's work even more. If this kind of got you hot and heavy, heated or motivated, inspired, expanded into maybe your energetic lovemaking, perhaps maybe wanting to dive into this work as it is love season, perhaps with yourself or maybe with your partner, BB has a whole list of courses that she is offering, especially the one that is literally going on right now, her energetic lovemaking course. And you can experience all of BB at BB Broska, which is B-I-B-I-B-R-Z-O-Z-K-A.com. As well as you can connect with her on Instagram and go ahead and just send her a DM. And I just love her content. I mean, I learn so much from everything that she puts out. So you could just go to Planet BB. That's Planet P-L-A-N-E-T-B-I-B-I. So B as in boy, I, B as in boy, I. And wow, so much goodness. If you love this episode, if this episode kind of gave you the tickles in all the places, well, that's perfect. Uh, Perfect enough for you to write us a five-star review. We would love to hear your journey as well as maybe you want to work with BB. So go ahead, get connected to her. And if you love this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who wants to be more brave in their lovemaking, maybe in their love life, maybe to spark some uh, different perspective in how if you are in a romantic relationship with your partner or maybe just with yourself and self-pleasure. And I think that so many of us can really find so much joy and even higher states of consciousness when we tap into the inner world that we lived in, which is ourselves. So, so much more. And thank you so much for tuning in. Wow. If you have been on the roller coaster of our latest book launch, that sucked. And now what? How to embrace the joy and chaos and find magic in the mess. If you haven't got the book already, what are you waiting? for. Oh my goodness. It has won three awards already. The Book Excellence Award. We've won the Mom's Choice Award. We've also won the Literary Titan Award. I mean, and it has been number one on Amazon under stress management as well as business motivation. So go ahead to thatsuckednowwhat.com to grab your copy. And you can also get some free bonuses as well when you go to thatsucknowwhat.com. I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time on The Brave Table. Oh, 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 oh,